We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. It is um, an amazing and wonderful privilege to be in the church of my son. (laughs) How about that? Born 40 years ago. I can tell you a story about that. He was a twin. He was our fourth child. He was in an incubator. He was was born with the other twin, born half weeks early. And the nurse went in, born on a Sunday, went in that evening. They were in the incubator, and he was the second one. He was breached. And the nurse said to me, I don't know if he'll survive the night. How about that? What do you do with that? (laughs) So I took it to God. And God gave me Psalm 91 that he, the Lord's hand was on him and he would have a long life. And we believed for that and within five days he was out of that incubator and here I am today in his church. So wonderful, well, wonderful privilege. Steve, my husband, today is preaching at Wipra. We've been involved in ministry now for 40 years, pastoring, planted Richmond New Life and now currently planting another church in Richmond called Enrich in Stoke in Nelson, called Enrich, which is a church based on spiritual and emotional health, learning to fly with two wings. So you want to ask me about that? You can. So today I'm speaking on the subject of be transformed. And we know it well, Romans 12 2, Warren had it up here, be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. So the Bible says, be transformed, be totally transformed by the entire renewal of your mind, which is a fantastic word for sister today, and I'll come back to that. And so as we look at the changing and the renewal, here's the most incredible thing today. I've studied neuroscience and now written a 285 page just on all on neuroscience and about to train people in this area of spiritual and emotional health. The most amazing thing about the brain is that we can change over 60%. We can change over 60% of brain wiring. And you say, well, what about DNA? Well, we can even change DNA. We can unzip and zip up again. How do we do that? By changing our thinking, by changing our feelings and changing our choices, we change the brain. Be transformed, the Bible says, by the renewal of your mind. 1969, I was trained as a school teacher in Dunedin, first three-year training. I was in Dunedin. And uh, first year teaching in 1969, I was staying in the YWCA. And many students, many from overseas, some at university, some at Teachers College, And there was a particular student there who was absolutely closed down socially. She didn't connect to anyone. She would sit there, head down, having breakfast. You try and talk to her, she wouldn't wouldn't talk back. She she was so emotionally detached. That's what I use today. Closed down. So there's a group of us who are Christian, and so we decided that we would begin to pray for all of these young women in the YWCA. So we would meet each morning about 7 o'clock, and we pray, and we especially were sort of warfaring over this young woman who was there. She was at university, and there was a conference on. So we invited her to a conference, and she came. And at that conference, she went forward and gave her heart to Christ. Now, that was the first incredible transformation, that here she is, she gives her life to Christ, and next thing, next morning, 
sitting at the table. She's talking to people. She's now, and people are saying, what's happened to her? What's happened to her? And I walked into this room one day where she was. It was a whole group of uh, many of those students there from YWCA, and she was sharing the gospel with them. See, the Bible says be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Come alive by the renewal of your mind. That word renewal, anakinosis, means the healing of the mind, a renovation. Like we renovate a house, we can renovate the mind. And an incredible uh, picture of this is the word transformation means metamorphosis, which is like the life cycle of a butterfly. So if you think of the egg, and then you think of the caterpillar, and you think of the butterfly, I mean the caterpillar and the butterfly, they don't even look anything alike. How could, you know, an amazing God put this together from the egg to the chrysalis? You know, from the caterpillar to the chrysalis to the butterfly. That is the journey of transformation that the Lord wants us to enter into, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And how do we do that? Be transformed by truth. This woman shared recently this amazing testimony. And she said, oh, I was feeling so tired. I was feeling so tired. And I kept saying to my husband, I feel so tired. I feel so tired. And then she thought, oh, I'm getting chronic fatigue syndrome. Thought entered into her head. And then she thought, no, I'm not. I reject that word now in Jesus' name. And she said, the whole tiredness lifted off me. And she said, I realize like that sometimes we speak into being. The whole thing of physiological and psychological health and how to shift that and change that is an amazing insight and understanding as we go on that journey. The Bible says that we are to catch every thought. Catch every thought. And bring it into what? Alignment with truth. Jesus said, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free to be the very person God has chosen us to be. And so, as we're believing for things, you know, once I needed $10,000, I was going to do studying. I was going to study to be a counsellor. I was 50 years of age. Not bad, eh? I said to my husband, you know, he's, I said, you know, tell them today that you are 17. And if they want to reverse the order, they can. <laughs> you see, God is the God of the impossible. And we were down at the sounds and I was walking down this road and I was saying, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe for $10,000. I've got to do this course. I need a car. There was these things I needed. And I said, Lord, I need $10,000. We got back home from the sound, someone rang us and said, I didn't, don't know if you realise, and they said, but you've got 10000 in an account. And there it was sitting there, that we put it into this, this super end scheme and we didn't even know that it was still sitting there. We thought we had taken everything out. <laughs> $10,000. The Lord knows what we don't know. And there it was. And so it is today, as we look at the complexity of the mind, the mind is made, made up of a thinking brain, a feeling brain, and out of that we act. So here is the interesting thing about the brain. 
is that we have a mechanism in the brain which is called the amygdala, and it is the alarm system. And it is often going off, telling us danger, 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 when there is no danger. It's a bit like we're seeing a snake, but in actual fact, it's only a crooked piece of wood. That's what it's like. So we're so scared of loss. We're so afraid. And we have these anxiety and anxiety disorders as a result of that mechanism in the brain giving us the wrong read of danger, the wrong read, and even the wrong read of injustice, the complexity of the brain. Today I want to just open up a little bit about Paul's journey to Rome. So Paul had completed three mission trips right across Asia Minor into Europe, spent three years in Ephesus at the school of Tyrannus, and here he was now, had gone from Ephesus down to Jerusalem, and he was being accused of violating the temple and the Jewish laws. He was taken to a place called um, Caesarea. And there he went before two Roman governors, Felix and Festus. And he was in this place of Caesarea for two years and eventually went before King Agrippa, being accused of violating the Jewish temple. And so he gave his testimony of how he was saved on the road to Damascus. And King Agrippa eventually said, I find nothing wrong with him, but because he has appealed to Caesar, because he was a Roman by birth, therefore I cannot do anything against the sentence against him. He needs to be taken to Rome to be tried there. And so he was taken as a prisoner and he was under a guard of, of an incredible man of integrity, a person called Julius. And he went from Caesarea to Sidon, crossed the top of Cyrus to a place called Myra. And there they changed ships into an Egyptian ship that was transporting wheat across the Mediterranean. Now, in the Mediterranean, you don't sail during November and January at this time because of the, um, the, the stability of the ships. And this was October. Because of the great gusts of wind that, that would come across there. But anyway, they decided to sail and they sailed onto Crete and came to a place called Fair Havens. And the conditions were not good. But suddenly there was a change, a little change in the weather. And they decided to sail round the island to Phoenix, which was a better harbour and harbour there for the winter time. And now we have Paul's warning. You see, we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so the voice of Paul, he said, Sirs, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead. If we go on, perhaps shipwreck, loss of cargo, injuries, and death. So it's interesting sometimes when we have the word of God for someone, isn't it? My question is, do they listen? <laughs> do we listen? How do we know the voice of God? And so here there is a warning about possible, incredible danger. 
God is telling Paul there's danger ahead. But did they listen? No, they decided to sail round the island to Phoenix. So here's the interesting thing today, that not every negative word is wrong. This amygdala in our brain, which is very interesting to look at, got activated in the Garden of Eden, hence why we felt guilt and shame, and hence why we defend and project out of that mechanism of the brain. You see, Paul was saying, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Don't, don't do it. So sometimes God is giving us a negative word, and there's accuracy in that negative word that we need to heed, listen to, and obey. Great story of John G. Lake. I don't know if you've heard of John G. Lake. He was a great preacher in the early 1900s, responsible for one million converts, planted over 600 churches, and over 100,000 documented healings came out of his ministry. How about that? You wouldn't mind that, would you? <laughs> it was pretty good. And so he was in a town called Beaverton in Washington in the United States, and he was and there'd been an accident on this road where he was travelling, and he was in travelling back to his hometown. He was travelling and suddenly heard the voice of God saying, by the way, I'm not telling you to do this. <laughs> but the voice of God said to him, now move right over to the other side of the road. That's what you, I'm telling you not to do. <laughs> Going around again, not to move over to the other side of the road. And so he, knowing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God, and the driving on the right in the United States, he moved right over to the left of, of the road, going up a hill, and suddenly this huge truck came round, came over the top, and it was right, it was on, a, on, a, on an angle, it was on the wrong side of the road, it was dangerously swinging side to side to side and he was just out of the reach of, the, of this truck being able to touch him. On the other side was a 100-metre drop. Imagine that. If he'd been on that side, that truck would have caught him, pushed him over. You see, not every negative word is wrong. But unfortunately, the brain has a negative default, which is right brain very interestingly now as they're doing MRI scans, the right brain has a negative default and we can very quickly go into a negative default. And so as we look at our need for emotional intelligence, and I was working with a person in counselling and I came up with these three A's, awareness, accuracy and adjustment. So every feeling that we feel needs to be evaluated by the reality of the danger, the reality of the loss, and the reality of the injustice. The interesting thing about the emotional brain is it has no timeline, therefore it triggers from the past. By itself, it's non-intelligent, and it's very reactive to situations, hence why we lose the plot sometimes. We all do, maybe. Maybe some of you don't. You see, as a result of them not listening, there was suddenly a change of conditions. And that boat, that Egyptian ship, was being swept 
right across the Mediterranean Sea. Eventually, they hauled up the lifeboat. They put support cables underneath the ship. They threw the cargo overboard. There was a huge fear of loss, that they were going to lose their lives. And for 14 days, they were blown right across the Mediterranean. Imagine that. Incredible, terrible conditions. In the midst of that, Paul has an angelic visitation. The angel said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God has granted your request and will save the lives of all those sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. How about that for specific instruction from the Lord when you're in the midst of a tempest? blowing this way and that way. So in the middle of storms, we have to hear the voice of God. I remember we had a situation with our son, our younger son, got five children. And he had been in and out of prison, eventually got a job, walked, we prayed and believed for his life, he's doing great now. And he was in a job and suddenly one day just marched off the site. He was basically sacked for nothing, doing nothing. And you say, well, why did they do that? And I could go into the ins and outs of it. But I'm standing in church on Sunday morning and got this message from my son. Standing in church and the voice of God comes to me so clearly. He says this. I will redeem the situation. It is okay. I've got it sorted. I'm the great intercessor who will intercede on behalf of your son. Now, my, our son was not following the Lord, but isn't this amazing that God intercedes on behalf of our children? Just think about that for a minute. That's incredible, isn't it? God is right there seeing, knowing every detail. I'm involved and present in this situation. Declare it to be so. The Holy Spirit is the most skillful lawyer. And we got, through various ways, two lawyers who were prepared to do this case totally free. How about that? We fought that battle with those two lawyers for 18 months. After a year, we actually won the case, but they wouldn't do a remuneration payout. So we went and I said, what do we do, Lord? The Lord said, go back again. I said, Lord, you're the most skillful lawyer. You said that, but we got no payment. <laughs> And he had been without work for a long time. The Lord said, go again. Sometimes we need to hear the voice of God in the midst of difficult things. You see, God was taking Paul across the Mediterranean to Rome. And today I want to tell you this. God has a plan and we are part of God's plan. Sometimes we say, well, God has a plan for my life. But it's better this way. God has a plan and I'm part of that plan. Isn't that fantastic? So we become part of the plan of God and what God is doing on the face of the earth. And what was God's plan? To rescue Paul. And as they were driven across the Adriatic Sea, 14 days, 49, to hurricane force winds. And now we have this situation where the sailors are fearful for their life. So what do they do? Get one of the lifeboats and they're going to drop it and get to safety, which means they have no one to navigate the ship. So I left everyone in a treacherous situation. And so 
What did Paul say? He said, if you do this, he says to Julius, if they do this, then there will be loss of life. But if we follow God's instruction, there will be no loss of life. And so in Acts 27 and verse 34, Paul says to this to them, you will survive, not a, not a hair on your head will be lost. How about that? Now I want you to eat and get energy because they've been, the, 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 the waves and the, and, the, and the storm had been so great they couldn't eat. Many of them were seasick. And then they lightened the ship and they threw the rest of the wheat over the, overboard. And then... Here it was now, incredible thing, that Paul is getting respect as a prisoner. He's getting respect, hearing the voice of God, accurately assessing the danger. And so this is what I call flying with two wings, spiritual wing, hearing the voice of God, now evaluating on this side our emotional brain and not letting our emotional brain and our feelings dominate our lives getting accurate assessment. And then as the bow got stuck on a rock and they could see land ahead, and the soldiers were going to kill the prisoners, but Julius, who wanted to save Paul, overrode it and stopped them killing the other prisoners. And then Paul gave them instructions, grab objects, wood, planks, anything, because they were now right close to the island of Malta. So they did that. And God saved 276 people on board that ship, of whom Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, and the book of Luke was also on board and went to Rome. And Paul, God's plan was to take Paul to Rome to be a witness into the Roman Empire. You see, in the midst of difficult circumstances, we don't always know the plan and the purpose of God. We trust him on the journey. And so here are some keys today. We need to bring our lives into alignment with God's word. I got saved through navigators, and as a navigator, I learned to memorize the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, Saints are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God. So he memorized the word of God. So I began to memorize whole books. <laughs> Store it up because it's truth. Rather than just having to read the word, it's in your mind. Change negative words to truth statements. Evaluate, evaluate emotions accurately. Awareness, accuracy, and adjustment. Don't let distorted, disturbed feelings and thinking affect our days. Imagine that. You know? See, I'm nearly 73 and I just say this. I'm just beginning. <laughs> just on the journey of beginning. They now know neurologically that many people of 70 years have got a brain of 30 years. Many people of 30 years have got a brain of 70 years. I can tell you how that happens. So don't let distorted feelings and thinking determine your choices. And I want to finish today with this acronym, ACT. I've now written a whole manual of 75 acronyms. <laughs> Change our lives. ACT, here it stands for. 
when you feel these anxious feelings, acknowledge and accept your feelings. See, change your focus to what is important. T, take strategic steps towards your goals. You're not now allowing your anxious feeling being the dominator player in your life, talking about it, speaking about it. It needs to be assessed accurately. I had a client who came in. The boss had said to her, she had lost so many days at work. The boss said to her, if you lose any more days, because she would be so depressed and stay in bed, you'll lose your job. So she came for help. <laughs> so I said this to her. I want you to get up in the morning, shower, get dressed, have breakfast. Don't even think about your anxious, depressed feelings. Get in the car, drive to work, and then at morning tea you can think about your depressed feelings. Not before then. <laughs> Acknowledge, accept your feelings. Change your focus to what is important. Incredible thing about that story is this. She did not lose one day in six months. The depressed feelings lift, lifted, the anxious feelings lifted. How could that happen? She was now walking in truth and not giving center stage to the feelings that were not giving her a true account of reality. And so today, just feel right here right now as I finish to pray for anyone, you can just stay where you're seated, pray for anyone, and you can lift your hand if you want to, close your eyes, lift your hand, but for anyone who's had any negative words spoken over you, or if you're struggling at times with anxious and down feelings, and you know you need to do AAA, and you need to ask the Lord for the word of truth, to be able to walk in his ways, based on the word, on the truth of the word of God. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. How are you transformed by the renewing of the mind? By listening to the truth and walking in truth. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.